Hello, welcome to Pilgrim Missionary Baptist Church podcast, Faith in the Word. Here, Pastor Cecil Holloway is bringing you all the spiritual teachings within God's Word. We hope you enjoy. Please share with a friend. And like always, God bless you. I don't know. I mean, we we in this we in this vein tonight, and we're just gonna, you know, right? You know, hey, I I might get Brother Andre to come on up here and say something. <laughs> oh, yeah, we gonna we gonna we gonna get into the words. We need that fellowship. Uh, yeah, yeah, we need a fellowship. You know, all the fellows in the same ship. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so. We need a fellowship. All right, let's get into tonight. Life of faith. Life of faith. I'm just going to do a quick review for those who were not here, Ken. I mean, uh, <laughs> last week. Okay. Um, let's go to Mark chapter four. We dealt with the, the grandfather parable of all parables. Jesus said, if you don't understand this parable, you will not understand any parable of the kingdom of God. And we're going to continue on looking at uh, uh, two more aspects of this parable. You know, Matthew, Mark, and Luke are called synoptic gospels. All right. They all talk about the same thing, but in a different viewpoint, a different perspective. Okay. They're looking at it. A different view. Book of John talks about the deity of Christ and the love of Christ. So uh, we looked at Mark chapter 4, verses 1 to 20. Tonight we're going to look at Matthew and Luke about the grandfather parable of all parables. Um, for the sake of time, I'm not going to cover all of Mark 4. I'm just going to, for those who were here last week who took notes, let's see how well you're Note-taking is. All right. Uh, he talked about the sower, soweth the word. And he talked about the different ground, the condition of the ground. Uh, what, is, what is a wayside ground? Anybody know? <laughs> okay. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. Great. All right. That's the wayside ground. What about the stony ground? Not grounded, not rooted. Okay. And thorny ground. Choke the word. Okay. Can somebody tell the difference between affliction and persecution? What is affliction? Physical attacks. All right. Great. Persecution. Verbal attacks. Okay. All right. Good. Good class. And what is good ground? Fruit producing, right, correct. 
fruit producing. By faith, believe and receive. Okay? So all that came from Mark chapter 4, verses 20. Now we're going to look at the same parable from a different perspective. And I'm going to go just a little deeper. Let me see which one I want to start with. Uh, let's go to Luke 8, Luke chapter 8, verses 11 to 15. Luke chapter 8. Now, Luke chapter 8 is talking about the same thing in Mark chapter 4, the sower soweth the word. Okay. Luke chapter 8, verses 11 says, now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God, okay? So the sow and sow the word, the seed is the word of God that's being sown. Verse 12, those by the wayside are they that hear the word, then cometh the devil and taketh away the word out of their heart lest they shall believe and be saved. So that's the wayside condition, okay? Verse 13, they on the rocks are they, uh, which when they hear, receive the word with joy, and these have no root, which for a while believe, and in time of temptation, they fall away because they're not grounded and rooted in the word, in that seed. So when temptation comes, they fall away. In verse 14, and that which fell among thorns are they, which when they have heard, go forth and are choked with cares and riches, pleasures of this life, and bring no fruit to perfection. Okay, and then verse 15, but that on good ground, that is, that's what we're striving for, to be, have good ground. But that on good ground are they which in, in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it and bring forth fruit with patience. So this is what I, I like to call the power twins. You have faith and you have patience. Faith and patience. And when, when walking by faith unto God, you, you stand on the word. And the most important thing when it comes to walking by faith with God is patience. Now, patience doesn't mean just to put up with something. Like you're in a, a traffic jam and you can't get to your destination. So you say, oh, I got to have patience. I got to put up with this. Now, the biblical understanding of patience is to remain the same. That means that when you're walking by the word and the seed of God's word, and because you will be tested and tried, okay? Anytime you walk with God or you walk by faith, you will be tested and tried by the enemy. Why is that? Because what is the enemy's objective? The enemy objective is not to make your life miserable. The enemy's objective is not to, uh, to destroy the things that you're doing. The, the enemy's main objective 
is to take the word away from you. That is his main objective. If he has to make your life miserable to take the word, if he has to destroy everything, if he has to kill you to send you to heaven, long you don't get that word. Why is that? Because the word is the thing that crushes him. Okay? The seed of God's word, the incorruptible seed of God's word is that thing that will destroy, that will crush the enemy. So his main objective is to get the word away from you, whether, it's, whether he used religion to get the word out of you. You have a form of godliness, but you denied the power that you, you don't, you don't believe none of this. So even though you may be religious and you go through the re religious formality, but as long as he gets the word out of you or away from you, that is his main objective because he know once we get a hold of the word, then we can use the seed of God's word. Remember the prophecy that God gave to Adam and Eve. He said that the seed of the woman will crush his head. Well, women don't carry seeds. Okay? He's, he, he was he's talking about Jesus, and Jesus is the word. So, but it also talks about that after the man planted the seed in the woman and those seeds that come forth, when you train up your child in the word and they get the seed of God's word in their hearts, then they will become head crushers of the enemy. But as long as the enemy keeps the word from us, and sad to say, he has done a very good job. And the number one way he has kept the word away from believers is through religion. Because religion has a form of godliness, but religion don't believe this. Religion don't believe that by his stripes that you're healed. They believe God can heal you. He will heal you. He may heal you. He might heal you. And this is one phrase I hate. If it be his will. And the reason why you hear Christians or believers say that, because they don't have the seed of God's word. They don't know God's will. And we know his will from his word. So when you hear Christians talk that way, that, that's a good indicator, <coughs> excuse me, that um, the enemy has stolen the word from them. So even though you have a formula, even though you look religious, you don't believe none of this, none of God's word. Amen. So that's the enemy's main objective. He don't care what he has to use as long as he gets the word away from you. He don't care whether he, keep, he has to use racism to bring division and all that kind of long. They don't get the word. Whether he, whether he has to use uh, physical attacks, as long as they don't get the word. So faith and patience, what patience does, patience, patience is remaining the same. No matter what the attack, whether it's uh, 
verbal or physical, remain the same. Keep doing what you've been doing. Keep coming to church. Keep hearing the word. Keep, keep your prayer life. Keep your word life. Keep giving. Keep walking in love. Remain the same because the pressure is on. And the only reason the pressure is coming your way is because he wants to steal the word out of you. So that's why the word is so valuable. It's so precious. All right. The seed is the word. There's nothing wrong with the seed. It's the condition of a believer's heart that causes not the seed to bring forth good ground. All right. So that was uh, Luke 8, 11 through 15. Now let's go to Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13, verses 18 to 23. <coughs> Excuse me. Pardon me. Okay, Matthew chapter 13, starting at the 18th verse. Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. We have to, as a believer, we have to get an understanding of this parable because everything hinges off of this parable here with your walk with God. That's, so that's why, beloved, think it not strange that these fiery trials tried you. If you believe God for your healing and you get a physical attack, don't think it's strange. The word is working. That's why the enemy, that's why you, you're physical, but you have to remain. And, and, and like I said last week, it's not easy, but it's easy to do it. Because you have to stay on the word. You have to stay on, you have to remain the same on the word. So we have to get the, and this, this, this cycle works all the time when you step out on faith or you stand on God's word. He says, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom. Now, listen, now this, is, this is interesting in Matthew 13 that brings out a little, little more light to this thing. Because, you know, you say, okay, pastor, I hear what you're saying. You hear the word and the enemy comes and steal the word. But I hear the word and I, I receive that word. I'm standing. So how can, he, how can he steal that word from me? Now look at Matthew 13, 19. It brings out even more clearer. It says, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, So when you hear the word on a particular covenant promise of God and you don't understand what you're hearing, you don't understand it. Remember, wisdom is the principal thing and all that getting, get what? Get understanding. So when you go to church and you hear the word, you should Walk away and say, hey, I understand that. Yeah, yeah. But if you don't understand, because, you know, a lot of people, you know, they, they go to church and say, well, you went to church today? Yeah, okay. Uh, what, what did the preacher read? Well, I don't know, but it was good. What do you mean? What? You don't go to church. You, you, you do not attend church and leave church without an understanding. Why did you come from the beginning? All right. When you come to church, you're supposed to get an understanding. 
All right, you need to understand because look at his. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and understand it is not, then cometh the wicked one. So when is when is when is the wicked one going to come to you? The word that you don't understand, the word that you understand, he's not going to come. So he says, and understanding is not. Then cometh the wicked one, catch away that which was sown in his heart. So you can hear the word. The word could be sown in your heart. You can sit right out there and sit there and don't understand nothing you have heard. The enemy comes immediately. He said, oh, this is, a, this is easy. All right. You see why religion is so dangerous. Because religion, we religion can will produce emotional churches, uh, entertaining churches, uh, and not and not helping the people to get an understanding at all what they're hearing. So they come to church. That's why you you can see some churches people come to church. They come to church and hear the word and never change. Why is it, why, why, why do individuals never change? Because what they have heard, they don't understand it. They never change. They never change. And the word of God will change you. And you know, change is not change until you what? Change. So if you've been hearing the word of God, and for 20 years, and you still the same way you were 20 years ago, you didn't understand nothing that you have heard. Because the word of God always brings change. The word of God will always challenge you. The word of God will always move you. Because we walk by the word, not by. So the word is always, the word of God is always in motion. So you say, hey. I go to church, I hear the word, and if you're not changed, then you didn't understand what you heard. Because the enemy comes and excuse me, catch away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which received the seed. What, what is the seed? The word by the wayside. Verse 20. But he that receives the seed into stony place, the same as he that heareth the word and anon with joy receive it. Verse 21. Yet had he not rooted himself, but endure for a while. For when tribulation and persecution ariseth because of the word's sake, now, over in Mark, it says that they get offended. But I like this here in Matthew uh, 13, 21. He says, here, they have no root in themselves, but doeth or endureth for a while. They look like they got it. Okay? But when tribulation or persecution arises, because of the word, by and by, he is offended. 
So now offense just didn't pop up. They've been sitting in the church, hearing the word. They haven't been grounded and rooted. All right. But they endured for a while. Then tribulation and persecution arising because of the word, not because of that individual, but because of the word. And the whole time that they've been sitting in church, one year, two year, three year, four year, five year, by and by, he or she is offended. And off offense is a bait and a trap that the enemy used. So they sitting here, they come to church, they look like they got it. But bye bye, they getting offended. They are, they are getting offended by everything that they are hearing. I don't believe that that uh, God can heal everybody. No, I don't believe that. I don't care what he said. I don't care. I don't. I don't care. His eyes are healed, and he got. He ain't wearing glasses no more. I don't care. I don't believe that. I don't believe that giving 10% of my hard-earned money to the church that I'm going to get blessed. I don't believe that. Because that's all they want is your money. That's all they want. That's all that preacher wants is your money. That's all, that's all they want. That's all they want is your money. I don't believe. When you start hearing that, what's going on with that, with that believer? They are getting offended by and by because they are dealing with tribulation and persecution coming their way. But since they're not grounded and rooted, they're getting offended by and by. See, that's what that, see? And how do we know that what he's talking about and what he's saying about God is the truth. This is what you hear from Christians. And we're not talking about the world. This is, these are verbalized by Christians. How do we know what he said? How do we know that's the truth? How do we know that? And why are they getting offended? Because they're not grounded and rooted. Because when you come to church and you hear the word, if you're grounded and rooted in the word and you have been in the word, you have a relationship with the word, you have a fellowship with the word, you spend time in the word. So when you come to church and the word is being preached or being taught, what you should be experiencing is confirmation of the word. But if you ain't been in the word, I mean, you know, the whole, you know, you know, it's no way you can come to church on Sunday for two or three hours or Thursday night for an hour and a half, for a whole week. And then the rest of the week, you are in the NCAA finals. You in the golf. You into your movies, you into your love stories. Uh, 
your soap operas. Yeah, you're gonna get offended when you come to the when you come and hear the word. Because you're not grounded and rooted. You're not grounded and rooted. All right. There's no trick to this thing. If you're not grounded and rooted in God, when you come and hear God, and you're not grounded and rooted, you're going to get offended when you hear God. Why is that? Because Paul says, book in Romans chapter 8, now you're in carnality. You have a carnal mind. And a carnal mind is an enmity or an enemy towards God. Enemies don't hang out with each other. So this is something that you have to discipline. You have to discipline yourself to be in the word, to hear the word, to meditate in the word. All right? You got to be in the word. You got to train yourself. You got to put the word on and when you sleep at night because your spirit never sleeps. So feeding the word, be in the word, reading the word, studying the word, hearing the word. Because if you don't, then when you do hear the word and you don't understand it and you're not grounded and rooted, Tribulation, persecution will come your way. The devil will come. Now, if the devil's not attacking you, well, that's a good indicator you, you're with him. You know, uh, especially when I teach on uh, being filled with the spirit, with evidence, speaking tongues. If you said, well, that tongue stuff, that's of the devil. That's the devil. I said, well, wait a minute. I got born again October the 13th, 1986. At the age of 26, all those years to that point, when I ran with the devil, I never spoke in tongues. I never spoke in tongues. When I was in the clubs, partying, drinking, fornicating, I never said, women, let me just speak in tongues. But when I became born again, and heard the seed of God's word about being filled with the spirit, with the evidence speaking in tongues, and I understood it, and I believed it, and received it, then I had the manifestation of it. But all those years I ran with the devil, I never spoke in tongues. And, you know, hey, I was, I, I was, I was I'm just like Paul. I was chief sinner. I, I, I was a good sinner. Oh, yeah. I was a good sinner. Yeah, I, I think that's probably why God said, I, I need to go and save this boy and get him in because I was dedicated to sin. I was diligent to sin. And, 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 and the way people see how I am towards God and the word, that's the way I was to sin. I was a good sinner. I was dedicated. When the day I got born again, the kingdom of darkness Everybody cried because I left them. I was a good sinner. All right. So that's why I'm a good believer. The way I am towards God, that's the way I was towards sin. So you got to be grounded and rooted in the word because you're going to get a fed by and by. He's offended. Uh, 
Yeah, go to the next. He also that receives seed among the thorns is he that hears the word and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, choke the word and he becometh unfruitful. But he that received the seed into the ground, the seed is the word into the good ground, is he that heareth the word and understandeth it. Okay, so a good ground believer, a condition of a good ground of the heart of a believer is one he that heareth the word and understand what they are hearing. And so when you understand it, which also bear fruit, bringing forth some a hundredfold, some 60, and some 30. Okay. So that's the sower, sower, the word. Now let's go to Mark 11. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mark 11. Got Mark 11. Uh, 22 to 25. Mark 11. If you got time, go to Mark 11. Uh, one to twenty-one first. I forgot that put, put that in there. I need to show that first. Mark eleven. So Jesus is teaching his disciples one to uh, twenty-one. Jesus is teaching his disciples about faith. Jesus answered and said unto them, "Have faith in God." Okay, Mark eleven. Okay, now let's back up to verse one. And when they came into nigh to Jerusalem to Bethany, and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, he sent forth two of his disciples and said unto them, go your way into the village over against you. And as soon as you be entered into it, you shall find a coat tied wherein never man sat, loose him and bring him. And if any man say unto you, why do you do ye this? Say ye that the Lord have need of him, and straightway or immediately he will send him hither. Verse 4, and they went their way and found the coat tied by the door, without in a place where two way met, and they loosed him. And certain of them that stood there said unto them, why, excuse me, what do ye loose, loosen the coat? And they said unto to, to them, even as Jesus commanded, and they let them go. And they brought the coat to Jesus and cast their garments on him, and he sat upon him. And many spread their garments in the way, and others cut down branches off the tree and straw them in the way. And they that went before and they that followed cried, saying, Hosanna, blessed he that cometh in the name of the Lord. 
Blessed be the kingdom of our father, David, and coming in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. And Jesus entered Jerusalem into the temple when he had looked. You sure we got, you sure you got Mark? Okay, all right, okay. All right. It's a, it's a little, it sounds like a Palm Sunday uh, teacher here. Okay. All right. Jesus entered Jerusalem into the temple, and when he had looked round about upon all the things, and now the eventide would come, he went out unto Bethany with the twelve. And on the morrow, when they were come from Bethany, oh, here we go. He was hungry. And seeing a fig tree afar off having leaves, he came, if happily he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for the time of fig was not yet. And Jesus answered. All right. Who proposed a question? <laughs> so this fig tree proposed a question to Jesus. How many of y'all know that your situations and circumstances will propose questions? It will, it, it will talk to you. Okay? So this is when you need to understand faith. All right? Inanim inanimate objects will talk to you. When you get up in the morning and get ready yourself ready to go to work, and you start your car, this is this is this is this is your car is, is talking. We're not going to start today. Okay. So how do you respond when it comes to faith? How do we respond to faith? We respond to faith by praise. But how, do, how does one believer respond to faith when they're not grounded rooted? This doggone thing. You start kicking your vehicle, whatever. Okay? All right, this is a believer. You start your car, your car won't start. You start cussing your car out, kicking your car, whatever. The response to faith is to praise. Praise is the response to faith. All right? So now, so now Jesus is answering the fig tree. Jesus answered and said unto it, no man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. And his disciples heard. They said, listen, this guy is talking to a tree. They heard Jesus speaking to the tree. It's the same way that we was speaking to Sister Holloway's Kidneys. Y'all talking to her kidneys? Yeah. Because the kidneys are proposed a question. We're not going to function no more. So how do we respond by faith? We speak to the thing that's not functioning. All right, so now if you don't understand faith, you'd be like the disciple. You hear like, okay, these people are a little cuckoo. They speaking of kidneys. All right, look at this, verse fifteen. And they come to Jerusalem, and Jesus went into the temple and began to cast out them that sold and bought the temple. <coughs> excuse me, and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves. That's a different teaching. And we're not suffered that any man should carry any vessel through the temple. And he taught, 
saying unto them, is it not written? My house should be called of all nations, the house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. And the scribes and the chief priests heard it. Okay, now here is another faith response. Jesus said, my house should be to all nations, but you have made it a den of thieves. And the scribes and chief priests, and they heard it and saw how they might destroy him. But they feared him. When you're walking by faith unto God, when you're really walking by faith, because remember, I, I told you that when you walk by faith, you leave the natural realm. And you go into the realm of the spirit. And people are not familiar with the spiritual realm, unless it's demonic. But they're not familiar with the spiritual realm with God. So in leaving the natural realm and the spiritual realm, you start speaking what God says, what his word says, or what his spirit brings up in you to say. And then people will hear it. They're going to think something wrong with you. And some people become fearful of you. Where they want to destroy you. Now that's where the persecution and the affliction comes in. Why are you going through that? It's because people have watched or heard your faith. And so now the enemy is using them. And keep in mind, the reason why you're going, that, going through that, for what? To take the word. But they fear him because all the people were astonished at his doctrine. Verse 19. And when the evening or eve was come, he went out of the city. And in the morning, as they passed by, they saw his disciples. They saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, calling to remembrance, said unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree with thou curses is withered away. I just read that. Verse 22. Yeah, I just read that. Okay, verse 22. Okay, so now, so Peter said, hey, master, this is the fit. You cursed it and it's with me. Now Jesus said, now's my opportunity to teach my boys about faith. And Jesus answering said unto them, have faith in God. Having faith in prayer is not having faith in God. Prayer is good. It has a place, it has a purpose. But if you all into prayer, 
You're not having faith in God. Having faith in your spouse is not having faith in God. It's good to have confidence in your spouse and your children, but you're not having faith in God. Having faith in love. You know, that's the big thing right now. Love, love, love. God's love, 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 love. That's not having faith in God. Because we just found out in this teaching that faith is the word of God. God is the word. Jesus is the word. So having faith in God is having faith in the word. You can have faith in prayer, but you don't have faith in the word. How is that? Because the way you pray. If you say any time in your prayer pertaining to something, if it be thy will, you don't have faith in God. You don't have faith in the word. My Lord. So we gotta get a we gotta get a hold of this because you know religion has run a bad game on us. And have Jesus said, have faith in God. Is my faith in God? Or is my faith in individuals? who have faith in God. If your faith is in individuals who have faith in God, you still don't have faith in God. Because we have to have faith in God. Jesus is teaching his disciples here. He said, have faith in God. No matter what the circumstance situation is, regardless what's happening your way, if your faith is in God, you will not be removed. Your faith is in God. Your faith is in the word. Your faith is in that particular scripture or word that you're standing, that you understand. You're having faith in God. So irregardless of what comes your way, you're not going to be removed. You're not going to be, uh, you're not going to change. You're not going to have a, a plan B or plan C or plan D. My faith is in God. My faith is in his word. My belief is in his word. What he has said in his word. I believe it and I receive it. My faith is not in prayer. My faith is not in fasting. My faith is not in giving. My faith is not in love. Because you can do all those things and still don't have faith in God. So our faith has to be in God. Verse 23. He says, for verily I say unto you. Now he's going into teaching mode here. But verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thy removed, 
and be thy cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Now, let me qualify this because, you know, some people get squirrely on you. All right. You cannot just believe and say things that are contrary to the word of God. All right. We've been in ministry 30 years of teaching on faith. We have had people come by paths and people try to use faith to claim other people's spouses. That ain't that ain't going to work. <laughs> that's, that's not going to work. Well, you know, pastor, they really don't know that they're not supposed to be with that person because God told me. See, that is what that is what I call a granola Christian, a nut, fruit, and flake. Okay? Okay? Having faith in God, God is not, the Holy Spirit is never going to share something with you or the word that is contrary to God's word. <laughs> That's why it amazes me to see some of these uh, Christian, so-called Christian gospel artists and they get up and they say, well, the Lord told me to make an album with this secular artist. But that doesn't line with the, with the word because in the book of Corinthians, he says to come out from among them, be separate. All right, so that doesn't line up with, so why would God, why would God, why would God tell you to make you a Christian, you singing for God, and he's going to tell you to make an album or a CD with someone who is singing for the devil. Nut, fruits, and flakes. They, they, not have, they, they got faith, but it's not in God. It's not in the word. So he says, be thy removed, be thy cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he said shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Verse 24. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and ye shall have them. Now, let's go back to verse 24. So, so when you have faith in God and you have certain desires, when are you going to get them? Anybody know? When you have faith in God, when are you going to get the promises of God? When it's time? And. <laughs> <laughs> When you, he says, what things have you died when you pray and believe that you receive them, you shall have them. When are you going to have them?
Okay, because when you said when God gives them, that's future tense. That's not faith. Faith is present. Say again. Let me say, the enemy comes, you hear the word, and you don't understand it. He's going to take it, so we got to get understanding. So when are you going to have the promises of God? Now, look at this. This is how we can miss it. Jesus said, therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, and ye shall have them, when are you going to have them? When you believe that you receive them. That's when you're going to have them. Say again. Bingo. Because faith is present tense. So when you believe that you received it, that's when you have it. Now I know, see, this this message because we only we we only natural thinkers. We this this is this is spiritual. He says, believe that you receive them, and ye shall have them. When you believe that you received, when I believe that I received my healing, I have my healing. Because we walk by faith, not by sight. But you don't look healed. We're not dealing with the sight. We're dealing with the faith. So when I believe that I received it, that's when I shall have it. When I believe that I received. So when I say, in her situation, she was attacked with her kidneys, kidney disease. We got into the word, found the word, put our faith in the word. So we touch and agree. We believe, Lord, we believe that we received our healing. Why? Because your word says, by Jesus' stripes, we are healed. So I believe that, and because I, I understand that by the shed blood of Christ, that I have a covenant of healing. So I believe that I received it. Now I got it. But you don't look healed. I'm not going by what I'm looking. I'm not going by sight. Why is it? Why is it? I don't want to go by sight because in the natural. Is subject to change. When we see it in the natural manifestation, we are looking at it after we have already believed that we received. We're just now catching up with it. Because remember, Jesus healed her 2,000 years ago on the cross. How many of us was there on Calvary's cross? Why do it? No. So we believe that we received it. I believe that I received my healing now. And when you're going to have it, when I believe that I received it. 
whence I believe that I've received it. See, this is, this, this is faith. I believe that I've received it. Do you have it? Yes. But I don't see it in the manifestation. Physical manifestation, it has nothing to do with it. It has something to do with faith. When you became born again, this principle of faith worked the same way with how you, how you should have got born again. John 10, 17. You believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. Now, have you died and went to heaven yet? No. You believe what the word says. I believed in my heart. I received that Jesus died and rose on the third day. I believe that and I see that I'm born again. So once that occurred, now you have been going throughout life saying, hey, I'm a child of God. Now, have you died and went to heaven or not to see whether you're born? No. I believe what the word said. I believe it and I received it. So now I have salvation. I'm a child of God. So I am, I'm, heaven is not a question mark for me. Because I'm born again. I'm saved. And I've been telling everybody, hey, I'm saved. Now, some people, well, you don't look saved. Well, they ain't, ain't got nothing to do about where I look. I'm, I'm saved. I believe what the word says. I believed it and I received it. Now I have, so that's why you walk around, you tell people that I'm a Christian. So why do you say that you're Christian? Because one day I gave my life to Christ. I believed and I received what he did for me on Calvary Cross. I believed it and I received it. And the word says, once I believed and received it, now I got it. That's why I'm telling everybody what I got. So that's how faith worked when you became born again. And faith works the same way in the kingdom of God on every promises of God, whether it's healing, blessing, relationship, you have to go to the word, find out what the word says, meditate on it, get understanding, believe it and receive it. You got it. Because we walk by faith, not by what we see. Religion focuses on what we see. Because I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You're righteous. The Bible says there's no, nobody's righteous. Yeah, you're talking about self and self-righteousness, right. But I'm not in self-righteousness. I'm in his righteousness. He has given me the gift of righteousness. So I believe that and I received it. And so whatever you believe and you receive from, the, from God, then you start declaring it. You start speaking it. And so that's why you tell people that you, I'm a Christian. The people that you tell that you're a Christian to, were they there that day when you gave your life to Christ? No. You believe what you heard. You received it. Now you say, I got it. I'm a Christian. I'm born again. So I'm telling everybody. And healing works the same way. We find out from the word of God, we have a covenant of healing. By his stripes, I'm healed. I believe that. 
I received that, so I'm healed. Well, you don't look healed when we don't, things in the natural are subject to change. See, three three weeks ago, she didn't look healed. A couple of times she left us. But we stood on the word of God. Because it is God's will for us to be healed. Now, wait a minute, Pastor. You're going, you're going too far now. Because I know some folks that, you know, have died. They love the Lord and all that. How do you know they love the Lord? Well, I could tell by their, oh, really? Shoot, then you're better than God. Because God says man looks on the outward appearance, God weighs the heart. So you better, you can tell somebody's outward appearance whether they love God or not. Wow. You go, God. Hallelujah. Quiet in this Presbyterian church. This is how faith, this is where we have missed it. Because we only heard enough faith to get born again. Then after that, religion kicked in. Now we can't, we can't get here. If it be God's will, uh, if it's that, we can't be, we definitely can't have no money. Oh, no. No, you see that, pre you see what that preacher driving? I know he's ripping that church off. Not thinking. Maybe that preacher has good money management skills and he knows how to save his money and how to invest. God has blessed him to do that. But what? We have that's religion. Paul says in Corinthians, the spirit gives us life, but the latter killeth. Religion will kill you. Religion will suck the life of God out of you. Religion was the thing that put Jesus on the cross. It, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't the Roman Empire. It wasn't the sinners. It was those, relig those Pharisees and Sadducees who thought they knew God, but didn't know God. And what did Jesus tell in the book of John? He said, you have of your father the devil. Because if you knew my father, then you would know me. So religion, that's why I, I hate religion. I cringe when I get, when, I, when I'm around religion. It makes you, ugh. It gives you that ucky feeling, ugh. When you're around that religious spirit, ugh. You know, because religion is always condemning too. Religion will condemn you. You ain't doing this right. You ain't doing that right. So you didn't do Ooh, I hate that spirit of religion. Ooh. Because Jesus said, I come to give you life. John 10, 10, I come to give you life and more abundantly. But the thief cometh through religion to steal, kill, and destroy. Verse 25, we're going to close. He says, and when you stand praying, forgive. 
if you have aught against any, that your Father also, which is in heaven, may, may forgive you of your trespass. The number one thing that would definitely short-circuit your faith is unforgiveness. So we have to keep, why is that? Because faith worketh by love, okay? Faith is the activator. Love is the motivator. So there's no way that you can walk by faith and receive the promises of God if you have unforgiveness in your heart. We got to, we got to take faith to get the unforgiveness out of our heart. So we have to take faith to walk by love. Because there are some people that is, it takes a lot of faith to walk in love towards them. So I stand on the word of God. And I use the scripture from Romans that said, love worketh no ill, no pain, no disease. So it takes faith to walk. So I stand on the word. I believe that I received that. So since I believe that I received that, the love of God has been shed, been shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Spirit. So if I believe, see, and then this is the, the thing about faith. When you believe that you receive the promises of God, you believe that you received it and you have it, now you need to act like you got it. So if you say that you believe you have received the love of God, then you need to walk around, act like you love folks. Not, not, not depending on what they do to you. Love has nothing to do with the other person. Love has something to do with you. We are responsible for our love towards others. I am responsible for my love towards her, not her love towards me. So I have to make sure my love walk is right. Irregardless of what somebody else do to her, <laughs> My love walk is not based on what someone do towards me. It's my faith in God in my love walk. But if I have faith in God in my love walk, now I'm going to walk in love irregardless of what you do to me or not. So that's why I have coined the phrase, hey, hey, I love you. and You can't do nothing about it. I'm still going to love you. Even though you might hate me, right? Don't like me. Hey, I still love you because my faith only affects me, not other people. Well, it, my faith can have some influence, but when it comes to me walking, my faith is it will affect me directly. So, I, I, hey, I love you irregardless of what you do to me. And I have had many opportunities over the years to walk in this love walk. And because when you walk in love by faith, it, it appears that you are weak. And you don't realize how strong you really are. It takes a strong believer to walk in love. Because it's easy to get into the flesh and just be nasty to folks. But it takes a strength to walk in love. So Jesus says that when you believe that you received it, then you got it. That's faith. Faith is not 
based on what you see is what I believe that I receive. And what I believe that I receive, I have it. All right. <laughs> Glory. Are there any questions, comments, or revelations? <laughs> Thanks for listening to Faith in the Word podcast. If the Word of God has been a blessing to you today and you want to give unto the ministry, please feel free. Pilgrim Missionary Baptist Church, 600 Bellwood Road, Louisville, Kentucky, 40223. Or email Pastor Holloway directly at CecilHolloway at Yahoo.com with more options for electronic giving. Thanks for listening. Stay in faith and be blessed.